He has a voice that sounds just like the movie phone guy. I'm gonna have him do the intro. <laughs> That's awesome. Like he's all animated and stuff. It's pretty cool. I actually had the dude, the movie phone guy, as a substitute teacher one time. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that's a way to keep people awake during class. <laughs> yeah, it worked. Hello, welcome to the Medicinal Mass Podcast. I'm your host, Valentine Strand, and what we're shooting for here is an anti-dare sort of program. And with our first guest for our first episode, we have Isaac Smoke. How you doing? Hi. All right. Um... So we're going to talk a little bit about drugs and substances. So what was the first drug you ever took, and uh, what age? I want to say sugar, <laughs> and I want to say like three. Um, if it wasn't, if you don't consider sugar a drug, it would have probably been caffeine or aspirin. Right. And no, yeah, sugar's definitely a drug. I don't remember how old I was when I first had sugar. Yeah, I can't, uh, I can actually remember the first time I did sugar. I remember, uh, my dad putting it on a bowl of Wheaties for me and just mounding it on the top. And I was like, what is that? What are you doing? And then I ate it and I was like, I am, yeah, I'm doing this forever. (laughs) And, uh, yeah. Um, all right. So, uh, what's your, uh, drug of choice now? That is a good question. I would, I'm thinking, LSD comes to mind right away, but I'm not entirely sure. How many times do you think you've uh, taken acid? Um, somewhere between like twenty and thirty, I would say. Nice. And what what's your normal dosage? I don't know the micrograms, but it's just like hits. I would say like how many hits do you usually take? Two to three tabs. Nice. Sometimes just one if they're good. Okay, and uh, why do you choose acid as your favorite? Um, the, it really, a friend of mine described it probably the best way I can think to put it. It just connects the subconscious and the conscious mind in a way that isn't normally, uh, it doesn't normally happen that way. Right. And it's just, there's more lucid thought and connection to reality through that than I'm I've experienced like I've when I first took LSD I I felt more sober more aware more connected lucid yeah more real than I had up to that point okay um do you ever feel like you'd ever want to quit doing acid um sometimes I have wondered if it it has some harmful effect that I'm not aware of I mean the toxicity is less than that of vitamin C with pure LSD but there are the potentials of right everyone's heard the story uh, I'm the I'm an orange don't peel me but have you ever experienced anything like that maybe on tripping acid um there have been times when I just it's like my fantasy like I'm in like a fantasy world simultaneously while I'm in reality and I feel that that could potentially Uh, make my like loosen my grip on reality. I suppose you could say. Right. Is that only while you're taking while you're on acid, or do you think that extends into when you're sober again? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> the fact that I want that I think about taking acid again would indicate that it still has an effect while I'm sober. Um, 
but I'm not really scared of it, I guess. Right. So what was um, maybe a, a good, uh, one of your best acid trips? What was, uh, can you think of any good stories for those? Well, the first one that comes to my mind, I, uh, I'd been hearing about acid for probably about a year, at least several months before I actually tried it. And I did some research into it, so I was trying to see what I was getting myself into. Um, and trying to find it. I It was a while before I actually talked to anybody who said they could get it. And I ended up finding this guy who had three tabs left, and I bought all of them from him. I tried to get some friends to take them with me. Nobody was free at the time, and I just decided to take three by myself. And because I've heard people having really good times tripping by themselves, the person who discovered the effects of LSD was by himself. In right. Yeah. Lab. He was on a he was on a bike trip on the way back from the laboratory. Yep. He had the first acid trip because it uh, it soaked through his skin or whatever. Yeah. So I was aware that it was a very powerful substance at very low doses, and I didn't just take all three at once. I took I took them gradually and just felt them like lo- gradually at build up. Um. At the time, I had been uh, living in St. Paul. I had lost a job, I think, and I started another job that wasn't as good as the job I had before. I was just trying to figure out what I would want to do with my life, and I checked out a couple books at the library. One of them was called Psychic Empowerment for Everyone, and another was called Strategic Self-Hypnosis. And I was just in the library looking at the self-help section, and I was like, I would never think to check these books out, but they both look somewhat interesting and out of the norm. So I, right. I took them home. I was reading through them a little bit. But when I was on LSD, I went back to these books, and for some reason I was just compelled to like uh, search for like meaning to my life. And I was looking through this book about psychic empowerment. It basically said everybody's psychic. Everybody has the ability for their mind to communicate with their body through their psyche, and that is psychic power. Right. And society has conditioned us to, uh, it's, they, there's basically been a monopoly on, well, I don't know if monopoly is the correct word. But An embargo. Yeah. There's powers out there that are trying to direct our psychic power towards their means and not our own. And this book basically talks about steps you can take to gain your psychic power back and use the power of your subconscious mind to do the things that you're meant to do for, to fulfill your life. And I touched on self-hypnosis in the end of the Psychic Empowerment book. It mm-hmm. said basically that we communicate with our mind through the use of symbols. And the way you can exercise your psychic powers by using symbols and giving meaning to them. And giving yourself messages. That's a good way to build your psychic energy is by positive affirmations. I mean, people have been talking about this stuff for years and this book put it in like a way that I really understood and made a lot it made it sound a lot more interesting to me right um because meditation dreaming all these things are basically a different form of self-hypnosis prayer even people pray for things which are basically hypnotizing themselves to go hypnotizing out a med- and it's a it's a it's a lot like meditation as well they found out yep yeah 
so anyway, I was on LSD for the first time, reading this book, and it was talking about the use of symbols to like psychically empower myself. And I thought, hey, this should mean, well, then I read this a little bit through the self-hypnosis strategies, and it had a few different scripts for like people to stop smoking or overcome obesity and things like that, make positive changes in their life. And I reason that basically what this is is like the mastery of language to communicate with yourself and do the things you intend to do without getting in the way of yourself by just ignoring yourself basically right so i designed a script to win two hundred dollars at the casino because i basically wanted to see how and what do you what do you mean by script uh just a little the self-hypnosis strategies uh suggested it had a bunch of different pre-written scripts for specific things that you would record on audio tape in your own voice and then listen to and it walked you through a series of deep relaxation and visualization to connect as deeply into your subconscious as you could much more deeply than i have had up to that point Okay. While I was still awake, anyways. Um, So I did a couple of these self-hypnosis scripts, but when I was on acid, I got the idea to do one to win $200 by playing blackjack at the casino, utilizing the symbols on the cards and the facial expressions of the dealers and certain cues that I knew I had the ability to pick up on to place the right bets. Okay. To walk away with $200. It shouldn't have been that hard. And it really wasn't. I hypnotized myself. Um, just went into a deep state of relaxation, told myself pretty much step by step what I was going to do at the casino. I was going to go start at a small table with like $5 bets and work my way up till I ha- had a decent stack and then go work at a higher stakes table until I got $200. Yeah. And I did it. I went to the casino and this is the most I've ever won in a casino at the time. Like, I'd won $80 on my birthday playing blackjack. And it was probably the seed of this little experiment. Um, and that's kind of what I consider drugs to be. is like an experiment. The science of my consciousness. I'm just trying to determine what I can grasp as close to truth as possible. Right. Like through different means than the ones that are force-fed to us through the avenues of society. Right. Um, so I went to the casino, and I ended up winning $200, just how I had hypnotized myself to do, and I was stunned. At the same time, like, I was pretty calm throughout it all, and it was like I'd already been there deciding to do this, so it was just like I was playing out the script I had prepared for myself. And, and were you on acid at this time, or was it yep, sober? You yep. Were, you I were on, on acid, acid while you're... this whole time. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> that was my first trip. Uh, I just realized a lot more potential of, like, the definitive direction I can take my life path. Like, Nice. It's, it's using words. you got to use precise words to get the precise results you want. Um, after I won $200 at the casino, though, I do have to admit, I left the casino, put gas in my car, mm-hmm. 
bought a cool lighter that was like symbolic of the moment there was like a tiger on it. I was like, oh my god, this is the coolest lighter I've ever seen. <laughs> um, and then I thought, oh, that was so easy. I, I should be able to just go back and win like $300 more. Yeah. So I went back, but I was in my car. I didn't have the opportunity to like prepare a script and do listen to my own audio recording. Okay. So I tried to just hypnotize myself with my own inner voice, which isn't as effective. It Especially if you've already expended a, the psychic energy that it had taken to get that far that night. It was... It was stretching my consciousness to places I didn't think were possible previously. I didn't think I could just tell myself to win $200 and go do it. Right. So the second time when I went back, I didn't have as good of a hypnosis program, and I ended up losing a chunk of the money that I'd won. But I still walked away with enough to cover the gas and plus some fun money. So Overall a positive experience. Yeah. That was my first acid trip. <laughs> that's that's pretty sweet. Um, so have you had any horrible or bad experiences on acid? You know, I really can't say that I have. I have... All positive? Yep. Okay, yeah. I, I know when I was, um, I had a trip not as many times as you, but um, it, it was a pretty good trip for me, and it was only one hit. But uh, even during the good, I would still have moments of, like bad vibes almost, but I think that was more internal. Like yeah. I, was, I was watching an episode of The Office and the dude's eyes kept glowing red like the devil hmm. or something. But it was momentarily, you know, there and it would pass and I'd be back to, uh, you know, a good trip. But yeah, I've never had anything bad myself. Well, I've, I've had things with, like that too where I've felt my own kind of inner struggle come up and it's that's always there though when I'm not tripping. So it, it's like overall all my trips have been beneficial and they've helped me face myself on a deeper level than I tend to while I'm sober. Okay. Um, now what other, uh, hallucinogens or psychedelics have you, have you done? Um, I've taken psilocybin mushrooms. Uh, I've taken mescaline. Um, and the first hallucinogen I ever took was a, Synthetic compound, a designer drug called 2CE. I've heard of that, yeah. Or 2CB, excuse me. It's a part of a family of which 2CE is a is part that, of. Is that one that you snort? Uh, you can, and I did. I wish I didn't, at the, but the person who I was doing it with recommended that, and it burnt like crazy, mm -hmm. but afterwards, like... I, I've heard of uh, experiences where it's like a complete ego death, which I've experienced with shrooms, but it's more immediate. What was your experience like? I was, I, I, I didn't under, I've never heard the word ego death at that time, so I probably wouldn't have called it that, but it was something like that. I lost the sense of who I thought I had, was up to that point, and just, it was like a whole, it was like a blank slate of, like, consciousness here, like, just like a new wavelength to ex experience life through. And without the, without the feeling of being a human? Almost. Yeah, I mean, I knew I was in a human body, but it was like I was more the consciousness inside the human body than I was the human body itself. Mm -hmm. And it, I was a little worried that people were going to notice that I was something different than I was before. While but, you were tripping? Yeah. And how long did this uh, this 2CB last? Um, Probably four to five hours. Wow, that's definitely longer than I thought it would. 
we stayed at the we, I took it at a Stars and Strikes <laughs> <laughs> bowling alley right for that in retrospect I would rather have taken it somewhere in a comfortable setting yeah not so close to a bunch of other people <laughs> but it turned out to be that's a good time. generally how I like to take my hallucinogens we played some laser tag that there was pretty epic um, we drove home and we were just having like really in-depth conversations and just talking about stuff we didn't normally talk about and I uh, thought that was interesting did you have uh, visuals while you were on or was it all just introspective like there were, yeah there, there was a visual aspect to it it wasn't like who, seeing things that weren't there per se but like the patterns and the textures of things seem more uh, vibrant and much more, more enhanced. Yeah, and if you focused on things, they would kind of like breathe, and like you, you could, you got a much more sense that everything's vibrating, like, and you could see it visually. Like, mm-hmm. well, everything is vibrating, exactly. That, but you don't. I tip, I don't normally see that. Like, I see things as like being still, static and still. Yeah. Yep. Nice. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's touch on your psilocybin trips. How many of those do you think you've done? Um, those are probably a bit less. I'd say about a dozen. Yeah. And what was uh, your normal dosage for those? Um, I range from uh, anywhere to like 0.7 of a gram to uh, seven grams. Nice. So micro dose to a heroic dose, as uh, Terrence McKenna would say. Yep. I think the first time I took about like a half eighth, and then I did that a few times. I took like an eighth a couple times what was your first experience like on a half eighth um this it was interesting it was I'd been trying all summer to find mushrooms and finally you can't find them they will find you (laughs) yeah exactly that's exactly what I felt I felt like these mushrooms were waiting for me to be ready for them to thrust themselves into my situation Mm -hmm. at the time they did I had uh the day before I was actually at this powwow on the Minnesota river with my mom and Mm -hmm. my sisters um is the most authentic power I'd ever been to at that point, up to that point. And there's a bunch of people dancing around selling crafts and stuff. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is really sweet. I wish I had more of this in my life because I'm half native, but I don't really get a chance to experience as much of that side of my culture as I'd like to. But I was with my friend and we had both been wanting to try mushrooms together for several months. We talked about it. And finally, the day after this powwow, we managed to meet talked to a guy who said he had them and he'd sell them to us and we got them and we were just at his mom's house um we decided to just take them and chill at his house and we were and how did you eat them you used to eat them raw or did you uh boil them down or just we just ate the mushrooms raw right out of the plastic bag we got um they didn't taste very good. So no, they to, usually don't. <laughs> we had to eat something right afterwards. I think we had like brownies or something, fortunately, yeah. to get the taste out of our mouths. Yeah, I like to, when I do them, I like to eat like one little piece of a mushroom and then like chips in the other hand. You know, I just try and power through them. <laughs> it seems to be the way to go. I've heard of a shaman who crush up his mushrooms and put them in a gourd and let them sit for five years and dry out and then he would later smoke the powder really the yeah dried powder wow, that's, mixed with some other herbs that's uh interesting i'll have to look up on that but yeah i've, I've also heard of people uh crushing them down and putting them in orange juice 
Hmm. And um, since there's really no scientific uh, studies on it, you know, you got people saying that vitamin C is going to enhance your your trip. Mm-hmm. Then you got other people who are who say it does the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I think it's all subjective. But I that that's also a good way to do it. I think if you crush it up and put it in a, a liquid, because then you can just drink it down real quick. You know, I've tried that with lemon juice. I heard lemon juice yeah lemon sucks juice out too. the psilocybin so that it hits your bloodstream faster and you it makes the trip more intense, but it doesn't last as long. Which is also true if you eat uh, if you eat them on an empty stomach, you're gonna mm-hmm. you're gonna peak faster, and then it's gonna uh, degrade much much faster as well. Yep. So, anyways, you you guys ate them at uh, your friend's house. You said, "Yep, uh, we were just hanging out in his room. He was on his computer playing games or whatever. I was watching TV, um, and there was like an anxiety. Like there was just we didn't. It was like an indecisive." Uh, we just felt really indecisive for like the rest of the day. Like we, there's things we felt like we could do and we might want to do, but then we thought maybe we should do something else. And we had to like sit and talk and like, <laughs> we didn't really end up making it far out of the house. We ended up going for a walk at one point, but yeah, which is further than I've ever been. <laughs> yeah, I always stay inside. <laughs> I'm too afraid. <laughs> yeah. We, it was, it was different, but intriguing. So did you get the giggles at all while you were doing them your first time? Probably. Yeah, I think so. Um, that I went outside and looked at the grass, and it looked like the grass was breathing. Or, like, almost like the grass was, like, watching me. Like, mm-hmm. I've got a sense that, like, this consciousness that lives within everything is just, like just monitoring everything and yeah, we're it's just a, it's a universal consciousness is what i felt i had when i i had done my heroic dose and that's i was completely um consumed by anything that was uh nature like the wind i felt like it was trying to talk to me mm-hmm. you know so i can see how the grass is definitely looking at you yep <laughs> it was it was nuts the it, there was some visual uh just vib- vibrant breathing. Like, everything seemed to be breathing. Right. And the more you looked at something, the more, it, like, fractal, the pattern seemed to just, like, blossom out of itself. And um, have you had any bad experiences on mushrooms? Because I know I have. Um, I've had some horrible experiences. With mushrooms, I have had some more, like, darker trips where I've felt more anxious. And that has... And I had a friend who uh, ended up in the psych ward after we, we took seven grams. And uh, he just the way he was talking to people after that, like did he did he have way. a case of uh, was he diagnosed with schizophrenia at a, at any point in his life? Uh, no, I don't believe so. He did end up being diagnosed bipolar after yeah. the fact. Yeah, I don't think he they had that diagnosis until he went to the psych ward after that. Right, and that's what I've also heard is um you know shrooms can be detrimental to someone with, you know, already having mental disorders like schizophrenia and bipolar. Mushrooms. Uh, Heroic dose bipolar. Oh, yeah. All right. Sorry, guys. Uh, Ran out of memory on the card. Okay. So your buddy was bipolar and he had got into uh, the psych ward. Yep. At that point, shortly after we took seven grams of mushrooms together, uh, I had, and he had, had, he had taken mushrooms before that. We both had. Mm-hmm. Shortly after that, though, we took LSD, 
and it was his first time and that was what really tipped him over i think like the mushrooms were kind of he had exhibited signs of like possible i don't know psychological issues i guess yeah and at, at that point i wasn't too worried but when we took lsd i i up until that point, I thought LSD was good for anybody. Like, it was amazing. Like, right. I, I'd never seen anybody have a bad time with it, but he did. And after that, I realized it's not—it's something. It's dangerous. I mean, it can be potentially dangerous. Right. It's definitely not for everyone, but everyone should, you know, think about trying it at least once, if as long as you don't have uh, prior mental conditions or um, mental disorders in your family. I would definitely. Talk to a doctor before you try LSD or shrooms and see if you've got <laughs> if you've got signs. But I mean, your doctor will let you know. He's not gonna. Don't go to your doctor you. and be like, "Hey, doc, is it cool if I take LSD?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's probably gonna say no, but you could say, "I'm interested in trying it. I want to know, you know, potential." Right. And also, if you've pressures. got if you've got medications, it's always okay to ask your doctor if these medications are going to go bad or good with some some drugs. I know most doctors will be straightforward about it. Hmm. Um, so yeah, was um, was that pretty much the extent of the trip? You did you did seven seven grams. You said now, how intense was that compared to your half eighth? Uh, well, the thing is, <laughs> it it was just like a much more full. Like I just felt more full of the energy that up to that point when I'd taken shrooms like I felt a little bit of it but it was just like bursting out of me when I took seven grams it was like I was like glowing right with this light from the psilocybin interesting mushroom consciousness I, yeah it's definitely a mushroom consciousness it feels like yo is it it's because uh the, the psilocybin molecule it interacts with uh, receptors in your brain that are actually part of the communication you know the tools that your brain uses which is why it feels like the wind blows through the trees and the trees are like, Hey, what's up? You mm-hmm. know? <laughs> uh, but there's definitely something there is, I mean, uh, mushrooms themselves are unrelated to any other organism on this planet, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. The spores can also withstand the vacuum of space. Hmm. You know, you've, you got some people uh, who think maybe they came in a, you know, a meteorite and the spores were then seeded, uh, from like a panspermia type of thing. And then mm-hmm. you've got grass dwelling apes, that are now, you know, they're eating roots out of the swamp, and now there's this new form of uh, mushroom growing. They eat it, they get better visual acuity, and their mind is enhanced also around the same time that, um, you know, there's a huge growth in the mammalian brain at that, you know, at a point in our history, and uh, they think maybe it's it's linked, which is, you know, interesting, because if they're eating shrooms and they're getting better visual acuity, they're going to also eat better than their, their other... Uh, other mammals and, and right, they'll be possibly, able to provide possibly other apes that are, you know, still in the jungle More versus personal. the ones that are the grass-dwelling uh, hominids or whatever. Um, all right, so that's those are some pretty interesting ones. Now, have you ever done DMT? Yes. I did want to bring up one last thing about the mushrooms. Okay. There's actually a prominent scholar of the Dead Sea Scrolls who mm-hmm. claims that there's a, a large possibility that the character described your yes. character named Jesus Christ was a psilocybin mushroom, a mm-hmm. sacramental mushroom that the Jews had eaten from Right, you've like got the, the 12 disciples who then share the bread of Christ. I'm using air quotes, people, which would be Christ himself, the mushroom. Yeah. 
And yes, um, I've had almost that exact experience on my heroic dose where it felt like I was communing with, be it God, Christ, or the, univer- the, the universal consciousness. That's exactly how it felt. It looks like we're going to get rain here. But yeah, I felt like I was giving myself up to some entity bigger than me. And I don't know, you know me, I'm not a religious person by mm-hmm. any any sort, but it definitely felt like I was... Um, I think the truest religions were started from the use of psychedelic plants. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, you got the the uh, the red mushroom with the white caps that um, the Vikings would eat. The, they go berserk in, in battle, and then they die because of it. But, oh, yeah. So there's been religious use for, <laughs> for shrooms for a long time. All right, so um, let's let's touch on DMT. Okay. So um, what was your um, – how did you find it? I mean, it's so, such a peculiar, peculiar drug that, you know, you, you've got to have some some pretty shady friends to even touch on it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Luckily for me, after the experience with having – trying so hard for so long to find mushrooms before they came around, right. I had just kind of been, like, networking with people in that scene who are genuinely – a lot of them are fun people, interesting people, smart people, um, some kind of sketchy, shady people, but people nonetheless. And uh, how did I? I don't yes, remember that's, exactly That's very how. important. These are people, even though they do drugs. They're people like you and me and everyone else. They're not just hippies. Yep. Yeah. That's, I think it's lost a lot of the time when someone says they do drugs or they've tried this. People give you that weird eye like, you're a crazy person. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's hard to even, you know, have conversations like this with someone who doesn't already have, you know, some sort of opinion about it. And you don't get, you know, you can't even uh, communicate proper information to them, which is Well, it's all part of the brainwashing that is yes, going yeah. on constantly. Yes. Our government was most... Thank you, Nancy Reagan. Yeah, they're the big organizations that are considered to be a part of the government. I have my resources tell me that they were started by a foreign mafia, the same foreign mafia that basically started our government. And you know, and it's interesting that um, they sell drugs, but they don't want us to. Right, and the the interesting thing is that uh, all these psychedelics are felonies you have the smallest amount and what happens when you have a felony is you can't vote so they don't want you disturbing the structure of our society because with your uh, different ideals you know is, is what seems like a big part of it so before we get rained on here your dmt experience please um i think the best dmt experience i ever had i smoked a little bit after a concert i think and i'd stayed up all night and it was morning and this morning there was a thunderstorm as well as like a really awesome sunrise 